Mellow greetings to all of you phenomenal folk out there, and welcome to another stirring installment of this, the Disinformed Podcast. And if you would like to join along as we exclaim, by the eternal, behold, it's the Disinformed Podcast. Uh, We have something a little different winging your way this week. Uh, We got embroiled in a pretty lengthy discussion at the end of our most recent recording, and that spilled over into what amounted to almost another full hour of discussion on just an array of sordid stories and uh, strange topics, which Dr. Michael and myself uh, tended to wax poetic about, uh, including uh, some of our musical tastes, uh, our favorite sports teams, and uh, an array of bizarre ephemera. And so you can dive into that... For this week's episode and why we are going to have a a little fast and loose intro this morning as opposed to our usual witty banter and urbane nonsense. But uh, I believe that is going to just give us a, a swift segue into the episode and I will let the magic of Michael's marvelous editing whisk us away. And so, with no further delay, here's the episode. I thought we were going to go into talking about like pivoting on sports teams, though, because I we thankfully when I moved up here, I now have a new home, hometown team. And uh, right as the Phoenix Suns started to tank and and return to their <laughs> normal losing do. ways, as they always do. I was like, you know, <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers are actually playing really well this year. So uh, my my key for my home is emblazoned with the Portland Trailblazers logo. Oh, nice. I will very likely have the logo on my license plate as well. So I am a, a very oh, quick. You are convert. all in. Now, I'm still a Boston Celtics fan, so I mean, I, thankfully, I always have my permanent team, but now I will flit with the hometown crowd. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, as, as someone that has never lived in Phoenix, you, uh, like, as soon as you leave Phoenix, you immediately ditch their, like, their team. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because they're always, uh, except for the Mercury... Mercury are the only team I feel like that is genuinely good. Well, the Diamondbacks uh, and, and the Mercury are the only teams that have won that, championships in the state. At, well, unless you're true. counting the Rattlers, but you know we're not talking uh, about uh, indoor football. It's the same fair, as roller fair. hockey, which I did enjoy true. in my younger days true. as well. Just the you know, tangentialize indoor football game I've ever been to was with the LFL League, which was the Lingerie Football League. Mm, Which, I see. Yeah. So hot. Yeah. Well. So my funny favorite enough, tight ends in that yeah, sport. But. So, mm-hmm, what's so how? funny about it is it went to it, you know, thinking it was just the gimmick, and you know, just a bunch of ladies in lingerie, and it would be a bit of a pillow fight, you know, like, oh no, stop, you know. But uh, <laughs> he wasn't wrong. Well, the, the women were definitely beautiful, and they were definitely in lingerie, but also they fucking brought it like they were badass like the game was amazing yeah. it was they were so competitive and like some of the women like while gorgeous were also like god if they tackled me like that i i would be broken in half <laughs> like and, and uh, holding is my favorite penalty in the laundry football mm-hmm. league yes, yes yes well so before we cycle too much on the sports thing i do want to go back to the initial initial conversation that we we had an open with and then quickly left behind Mm-hmm. Well, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> well, I was asking Whoa. you. I was asking you the goddamn question, and if memory serves correct, you said my voice was valid. 
<laughs> my question I mean, was I have been well, known to make mistakes from time to time. If oh, this podcast oh, isn't evidence this, enough of that, I don't know what would deep. be. But. Holy shit. Shane, I think you validating uh, I think voices. You need to talk to somebody Ooh. for some mental health therapy. Yeah, I do need to actually <laughs> seek some therapy and uh, talking to the both of you has definitely reaffirmed that for me. So well, No, the conversations that you and uh, Michael had offline, I was just curious mm-hmm. if you wanted to flush out some of those details because inquiring well, minds do want to know what you guys are thinking about in terms of coming up with the reformatting well i oh geez i think we we have had a lot of discussion about whether or not we've been enamored with the format of the show and particularly given the fact that we have had co-hosts dropping like flies over the course of the the past few months here and and what precipitated that was not necessarily the format of the show itself but it does get a little rigorous having to and Michael I think can speak to this more than I cuz he has certainly contributed more episodes and has done all the editing and the videos but oh. you want to be able to speak one from an informed place and an enthusiastic place about subject matter that means something to you. And yeah, we have somewhat beaten our way off of that path. Pardon the pun. Uh, and, and so once we got to, to points where I was going like, it, we're obviously just pulling up random Wikipedias and, and kind of diving into stuff that is not necessarily in our wheelhouse. We, we might not necessarily be engendering the, the best momentum going forward. So I had talked to Michael about just doing, you know, some different sort of segments of the show, which I'd like to think over the course of the time since we've been doing this, that I have tried to interject fun games or do different things like obviously stuff that I've stolen from other podcasts, because that's where we got our hypotheticals and and things like that. But so uh, just even having discussions, because I think some of the most fun, and I'm not putting words in Michael's mouth like I always do, but uh, (laughs) like I really enjoyed having the book discussions. Mm -hmm. And so I had joked that we could do like a, a recurring theme of like the King's Men, and not necessarily be the Kingslinger podcast, but just since I'm already going on this journey of reading every Stephen King book published, I have a wealth of material just bopping around in the brain that I'm keen to talk about. And also, I've been selling other people on reading said material. We had planned on doing another book club discussion of Salem's Lot, which Michael and I both read and then Courtney read. And and- I, I, I have finished it as of a couple of days or actually on my honeymoon i finished it so Ooh. i can talk about that we so can talk about it there, it's been a while but i could talk about but it. but see and then we can get into again how it interconnects with all the dark tower stuff and all the things that i'm mm. actually one keen oh. on talking about and have because again we're friends here that was mm. kind of the thing that precipitated this in the first place is we do enjoy talking to each other whether or not that translates to the listeners but uh, Doc, you would be the one that would be able to probably speak to that as to whether or not it is engaging or engrossing on on the face of it. Well, I am here. But exactly. So Michael's True. discussion with me previously had just been, I, I think we're funny from time to time. It's a passing fancy. And I think it mm-hmm. was less about the emphasis being the show going forward is well, let's talk about all these varied topics and yeah the topics are a great handshake but by and large it was just us trying to be funny and and have fun and and crack each other up and so i that's kind of what my mindset is presently and then i will stop talking it's a difficulty for me i know but i'll let michael throw his two cents in here 
Oh, oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot. I thought you were. I wasn't trying. No, I wasn't trying (laughs) to put you on the spot. But you have an opinion. Uh, It's your uh, baby uh, as much uh, as anybody's. So uh, no, he uh, he makes a lot of good points. Like you know, uh, you have to revisit your source material often in order to evolve as a podcast. In order to just not be stale. And I feel like that was something that we were encountering very often, especially in the last couple of months, where we were just stale or that we were just trying to force it you know uh, without any lube um and so it wasn't enjoyable for a lot of us and i think that uh was something that we were really shane and i were both thinking of uh in that we didn't really want it like i love talking about a lot of things and um i love educating people but like if it's something that i don't feel a hundred percent like either confident or i really enjoy talking about like christmas uh then it becomes a lot more difficult and it becomes a lot more like let me let me turn it into a lecture and that was something that like um and shane really helped at the get-go to avoid us turning into a lecture Mm. because one of the very like early iterations that will never be heard by anyone uh was that this podcast was incredibly scientific and incredibly intellectual and because of that, incredibly dry, right. uh, and we don't we don't want to be dry here. I, you know, I'm now the only person that lives in a desert, but even so, I don't want to be dry. Right. Everyone should be, you know, freshly lubricated, freshly wet, you know, all that other fun stuff. So we don't want to do that, and that was like one of the main things why I was really happy that um, former podcaster John. Uh, recommended that you join us Shane was that like you didn't you wanted to keep things entertaining you know because that's that's the idea of a podcast you know like you want to learn something there's a million other resources that you can do but if you want entertainment then that's what you would like if you're driving in a car for you know four or five eight hours like you want to listen to something that'll keep you entertained keep you know engaged yeah if you learn something from it cool sure but that's not the main part it's all about being entertaining so that's something that we're revisiting now because like, it's something that like, even through all the other seasons, we haven't like asked ourselves, is this still entertaining? Not just to us, but you know, to our diehard listeners that have been listening for dozens upon dozens of episodes. No, that makes makes a lot of sense. Cause um, yeah, you know, you could certainly tell there were times where it did feel like, you know, it was just going through the motions. Like, you know, you guys were just, you know, let's make it to the hour mark or whatever, you know, and, and making content for the sake of content. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So yeah. You, you could yeah, yeah. tell that. And, it, you know, I can see your point about wanting to make sure that it stays interesting because it really does depend like both on, you know, like, well, like you were saying, Shane, in terms of you want to be a subject matter expert on what you're talking about, but you also do want to like have some sort of enthusiasm and engagement. And to a certain degree, you also want to have something that it's not so esoteric that you're a silo on your own in terms of the enthusiasm. So like, for instance, the Christmas, you know, stuff that, you know, we did, um, you know, I didn't know a whole lot on, so I, you know, and I wasn't super enthusiastic on Christmas myself. And so like, yeah, so exactly. So like no one really cares except unless you are a Christian theologian, no one cares about listening to the controversies of early Christian doctrine and how it relates to Christmas. Yeah. So I, so I could see why that, (laughs) <laughs> that could be like, okay, maybe this is, you know, especially if it's not something super up your wheelhouse, like, you know, where mm. you're just making content, you know, 
seasonal content because it's yeah, yeah. that time. But then, you know, to the before that, when we did the Alexander bit, you know, that was super interesting. And maybe that was just me because I also like history, but I found that to be like yeah. a super engaging conversation. And I know like they were. And I, yeah, yeah it's, I think to course correct kind of some of the sentiment we were sharing earlier, I was just, I, I enjoy the show and I enjoy the trappings of the show when the content is something that obviously we're interested and engaged with. Uh, I, I think I, my mind was melting for a good long while there as evidenced by the fact that if I wasn't on the show, which had been something that heretofore had never happened, Obviously, I I felt compelled to not be on the show, which, you know, yeah. we made it 170 uh, something episodes with that not being the case. So mm. it it's just we reach an impasse where we're jumping the shark. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think oh, I discovered from like just doing something <laughs> for the sake of doing it like I did Baby New Year. That was not a great episode. It also wasn't well that. received. And you start looking at things like, okay, if this is, and I think Michael had joked that when I was going to miss an episode, he was like going to do the history of marriage with his wife. And oh, it, that, and I, I think <laughs> yeah. that was the point that kind of crystallized the notion to me that maybe we shouldn't overstay our welcome with that format. If it's just, let's just do it because it's right. there. I was like, yeah, because one, the, your origin story with us, I think is probably the most emblematic of what I'm trying to indicate here without waxing too philosophical, but we throw in just randomly a pun about, you know, glowing bees and cherry popping daddies because it's a grenadine factory. You. <laughs> stumble on this because you like the band you know didn't realize it was just a silly reference and listened but the show was actually in engrossing and entertaining and that's largely credited to courtney and also the fact that again we're nuts so <laughs> if we do that and you know you do get one bite at the apple with somebody for a first pass if they're like oh hey i'm really interested in levain satanism or i you know the satanic panic or any of this stuff and they're there if it then turns into, yes, we're talking about it, but it's this bland recitation of let's read 18 and a half paragraphs of, and then in 1954, Alexander LeVay went and did it. It's like no one's going to want to come back for that. So you get like a, a quick, cheap pop there. You you steal a pay-per-view from somebody to go with wrestling, and then you are you lost them. Mm -hmm. So I would rather have somebody come back and like, oh, if we're doing where we're not on the format going forward and we don't necessarily have an entire giant episode, if the lie turns into we have one or two things that are relevant, you know, in the moment or we're lying about something that we were talking about of, you know, like, oh, there's a new Prince album coming out in case you didn't know. And uh, just <laughs> random nonsense that is a lie and we don't necessarily have to explain that. Like, there's ways that we can keep the format true to the show but not have it be the entire shtick. I'd rather it be that than let's start doing, okay, well, let's talk about the history of Britannia, uh, tracing back. Let's go back to, Ooh. you know, yeah. Celtic worship. Let's discuss Beowulf and, and its genesis mm. in folkloric. Uh, and like, yeah, that's great. And I find it interesting, but we're probably going to bore the hell out of most everybody who's listening. And, you know, I, I liked Alexander, but at points we got very granular. Oh, and I, I will confess that my eyes were rolling around in my head like they were rattles. I, I will 
so disagree. I, I went back and I listened to both of those. And I think for anybody that's a history person or remotely interested in history, I think that mm-hmm. that was like super good. I, I, I think met a lot of those. It. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we had, you know, maybe one or two more people with those episodes. So. And then they promptly left. Yeah. For all the other uh, episodes. So, yeah, fair which, point, fair point. So, yeah, that's, this is what I'm meaning, is that, yes, we, we will be able to get people with those things, but for the comment, like the joke about musicians, like, I am one of those people who's very fixated on, I can tell you who was in the band, I can tell you what the title of the song was, who played on it, was the backing track, like, those are things that interest me, but if I talk about it, I'm not necessarily going to translate that to everybody, so yeah, We'll get folks who are interested in a Slipknot album who will come in and listen to a show, or we'll be able to entreat somebody about you know customs of the uh, the Asian society, depending upon circumstances or things. And it's it's great, but it's ultimately going to be the discourse and the personalities of the people mm-hmm. here that will keep folks actually interested, and not just for so you know, if you're one shifting episode. away from. If you're potentially shifting away from a, a recurring anyways, like regular, you know, like somebody, you know, presents a story or, you know, topic and you know, sprinkles and lies to that, then what is the rest? Like, what's the, the kind of the the meat of the podcast? If it doesn't, if it's not always that, like if that's not your format and it's not just going to be like, you know, a couple guys like sitting around just, just ch- chatting, what's mm-hmm. the kind of the recurring motif that you would be bouncing around with this or at least I'm, shifting between. I'm I'm not letting you take over as the host, Michael, if that's what you're trying to, that, to that intimate. Is <laughs> We'll just clear that out of the out of the agenda. Where did here, that no. come from? No, I'm oh man, is that what I sounded like? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that at all. Oh boy, howdy! I, I'm not trying to insinuate myself here at all. But uh, no, I I think it can I'm just, just be questions. Yeah, no, I think it can just be folks sitting around shooting the shit at this point. I feel like we have enough of. A, a wealth of material as, as a backlog to be like, if, if this is really what you're here for, yeah, go check this out in the archives, or we can discuss things that are tangential to that. I mean, obviously, we have two Pastafarian ministers on here. Mm-hmm. We can have random incursions into things that are just interesting to us. Uh, yeah. I can talk about, you know, obviously, the things I'm passionate about. You can all talk about the things you're passionate about. And those topics, I feel like we have a tendency to start building momentum once we talk about anything and it germinates with i i think one of the things i loved about doing loose fits even though we called it you know consequences of having a lazy co-host here was we, uh, we had a lot of really fun conversations were they the most popular episodes we had no but i think again that's we weren't getting that quick hit of somebody seeing oh this is something i'm familiar with but if we're going to do the show in perpetuity, I would rather do it because I like talking to my friends as opposed to, fuck, here we go. I got to go. Here's the lecture. So, this is right. like, you know. If you're, okay. So with that in mind, then, if it becomes a, a you know, conversation amongst friends, uh, if you're if you're easing up on the, you know, the diligence needed for like, research purposes and the, you know, mm-hmm. the time intensiveness that goes in with the historical podcast that you guys were doing. So what about you know, Courtney? Would you think she'd be stepping back in I there? think like, it's a matter a, of like one Courtney... Uh, scheduling. Yeah, scheduling. And I think mm-hmm. Courtney has her own shit. I, once she started figuring out that she wanted to do like, you know, 
it's the the Kevin Smith like clerks thing. thing of like, oh well, if these chuckle fucks can throw a show together, then obviously I can host my own. So yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think that was Courtney, you know, necessarily doing it because she dislikes us. I think it was Courtney just going, if I'm going to do it, I'd rather put the emphasis on the things I like with I my like husband yeah. as opposed to mm-hmm. these guys' agenda. And uh, you know, and I'm desperately kind of the reason I sent the communique this afternoon is I don't want to do that. I don't mm-hmm. want this to turn into, well, obviously this is a Michael's chore. thing and fuck it. I'm not doing it. You know, it's, it's as, I think it's as much our show as it is anybody's. And John was a real vital yeah. part of that for a long time. Yes. Agreed. I, it's, I think, you know, circumstances kind of moved us all in different directions. And we mm-hmm. talked about this. John had kind of gotten really disinterested in the whole process for a while. And it wasn't his baby necessarily. And so it's harder to be invested in those things of when course, it's not, yeah. you know, your your diligent, dedicated Creation. effort. Right? Do you yeah. envision with the reformatting of it? Do you envision like a rotating cast? Like any new entries? Like, you know, do you have the bad artist, you know, Jesse coming on or your I wife mean, joining Michael? Or do, you, or do you just envision it, the two of you or potentially the three of us, whatever, you know? If if they want to, I I know I know bad artist Jesse has already said that she, she wants to. And I have no problem with her being back on. Mm-hmm. And you can quote me on it. Um, I actually thought about reaching out to her like within the last day or so saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we can have you on. And like, you know, when someone comes in and talks about something that they're really passionate about, I have no problem with that. Like, I think the main thing that we want to avoid is we don't want to force it so often that we have to talk about things that we don't like. Right. Like if there's something that you feel like you're like, I would really love, like for your case in point, like cherry popping daddies. Mm -hmm. You know, you really want to talk about that. Yeah, let's do that with the the format that we already have set because it will lead to interesting conversation. Yeah, and that happens and, organically. Right, right. Exactly. And and the, the idea with us going forward is that it doesn't need to be. If we want to just sit here and like what we're doing now and just shooting the shit, that's that's fine. Because like we're people we want people to be here for us. And the conversations that erupt from us, mm-hmm. I don't know why I use that word erupt. It works. Perfect case in point. But as opposed to they don't want to listen because, oh, yeah, there's the satanic panic or they want to learn about Pastafarianism or any of those things. They show up because they're interested in the things that we want to talk huge about. Goodfellas movie buffs. <laughs> it, I, uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, it's no less arbitrary to do that than, you know, to have a, a discussion about QAnon or Pizzagate. Like, I, I think talking about the Scorsese oeuvre is as interesting to anybody. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, that so, wasn't sarcasm. Yeah. That was legitimate. Yeah, I was it, like, and, inter- yeah. obviously, that's something I feel like if we talk about movies, it doesn't take much provocation to get me going. And I think fan fusion really is what solidified this for me, even before Disinformed got involved, when I was presenting stuff at fan fusion just of my own accord is like fandom is something that a lot of people one coalesce around but two like that is how you find like kind like you find your tribe like you wouldn't be talking to us right now if this hadn't happened and we have similar sense of humor similar interests and like i'd like to talk about actual musical instrument like interests and things that way that's gonna happen organically as opposed to us saying okay Next week, I have to have a topic. And then next week, I have to have a topic. It's just, hey, you've, if you've got discussion about the cherry popping daddies you want to throw in, great, let's do it. If Michael has something he really feels like talking about and we lie occasionally, 
we don't even have to be as intentioned as saying, here are six lies and we're going to have it this evening. It's just we can get through the whole discussion and turn to, oh, by the way, when I said that uh, it was founded by Joseph of Arimathea, that's not actually the case. That is, right. uh, you know, that's <laughs> actually, Christ's, uh, you know, baby baby daddy uh, and uh, not a member of the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Well, speaking of music, there yeah. was something I had been meaning to ask you, Shane, and I kept forgetting. I know that you and I both you're a real Metallica piece of fans. shit. What? Damn! Holy <laughs> no, shit! No. Uh, <laughs> well, are you looking for the reaction to Lux Eterna? Yeah, I was just curious what your thoughts were. Oh, it's delightful. Oh, I, so good. So I'm one of those, and I think we've mentioned on the show. I'm not like a Metallica apologist by any shape or, or means, <laughs> but I really, particularly over the last few years, have kind of fallen back in love with Metallica, and I feel like their last three or four records have really been exemplary. Uh, like Hardwired, I was absolutely over the moon for oh, it's something for sure, I listened same. to a ridiculous Halo on fire quantity. Is so good. Oh yeah, um, and so I, I've just sort of rekindled this adoration. So once I saw that single drop, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm so ready for this. Uh, and I've been watching, like, I, I loved the, I think what got me into Metallica was watching Some Kind of Monster. Like, mm -hmm. I love watching behind the scenes as someone who's been in a band and requires therapy, apparently. I, I can relate <laughs> to individuals going through that sort of situation and those stressors and watching people not want to be in the same room with one another. And we've had plenty of the fuck kind of moments with my, you know, current or former band, whatever you want to say. So... When I start getting into things like that, we can get granular. But no, uh, long story short, too fucking late. The new single is fucking amazing. I feel like it's got that sort of like vitality and energy of like the punk rock speed metal Metallica days, like which was crash. kind of death magnetic. Yeah, yeah. it is so, very, very reminiscent of like, like Motorhead kind of. I was going to say it's Motorhead's like overkill meets Metallica's hit the lights. Yes, it, it is very Which is much a great in fucking song. Yeah, oh, exactly. I would say like it's a it's a perfect marriage of those two. Uh, you know, if you were to uh, first of all, you know, James's vocals sound so good. But I, I don't know how he's getting better with age. But well, he's and the funny thing it. about that is, is that so when I first heard it, you know, like I thought, okay, this is this sounds phenomenal and it sounds so mm -hmm. good. But I also thought there's a lot of studio magic must be happening here, right? Because, you know, mm -hmm. he, his voice is just so good. And I had known that his voice had taken a bit of a hit, you know, years back and stuff. Right. And, uh, and some of it hadn't been so good when I saw them live in like 2012, you know, it was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't this. Oh, right? well he and, has, uh, you know, actually taken vocal lessons. Like, well, th that's so what I was going to get to is that I've better. seen, so, so that inspired me because I heard the, like, and I thought, okay, this sounds so good, but like I said, it must be a lot of studio magic here. So I was like, let me go and like, look at some of these live, you know, performances that they've been doing and no, like they are like, he is that good live. Mm -hmm. Um, the only difference is, is that they're playing at a half step down live. Yeah. So he can hit the notes a little easier, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it's within his wheelhouse. Like. Um, the no leaf clover version from SNM two, like he's hitting the notes that used to be falsetto for mm -hmm. him. He's hitting them in chest voice now. So he's actually just pushing enough to get on top of it, which is, Whoa. yeah, we're, we're getting way uh, too fucking wonky for, for musicians out here. But yeah, I, huh. I've been sitting here noticing that where it's like the, it, when it comes to be section at the end where he used to pop up into falsetto, he's now just pushing it in chest voice. I was like, okay. Wow. So he's just figured out how to sing and 
and and get the musculature and your voice evens Ooh. out. You have really weird phases. I when I was doing um voice training when I was in college, they did mention is like you're going to hit a peak where your lowest note is going to be your lowest note. But then when things start to kind of settle out, you're going to get a better register, both higher and lower. And then eventually that's going to start to deteriorate as you get older. Cause when, you know, you're an old, old man, you right. start losing a lot of that, which is why Bob Dylan sounds like fucking Tom Waits now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear his maturation from a vocal well, and perspective. The entire band is just really firing on all cylinders. I mean, obviously they've been mm -hmm. around for so long, but like what's fascinating too, is seeing them kind of reach into their grab bag. Like I've seen some of the performances that they've done from earlier this year where they've dusted off some St. Anger songs mm -hmm. and like if it sounded like that, if that was the recorded version on the original album, St. Anger would have been a huge hit. Like it sounds so good, like frantic yeah. when they did it in like July, 2022, the performance I watched of it, I was like, Oh no, this is a great song. And then I was like, mm -hmm. wait, is this the actual St. Anger song that I remember like thinking, Oh God, what am I listening to? <laughs> that fucking record is a great record. I don't want to hear anybody else say well, it. like, no, yeah, the snare sounds like shit, so but no, the songwriting Anger was good. is a good album. It, it is a bad Metallica album. See, I'm I'm still gonna dis like again my like high water marks for me. I liked Load and Reload, which oh, they routinely say like are the the worst things that they've ever contributed to to tape. So like uh, no, but there but it's load, relative. Yeah, but I mean there is nothing approaching Fixer, Outlaw, Torn, Bleeding Me. Nothing approaching that from that. I would say like even all within my hands gets close but then at yeah. the end of it when he just goes on this like onslaught of kill 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 it like oh it, yeah it, it, it tanks the song i'm like why did you end this? like you had a, a good song uh, all within my hands and dirty no uh, unnamed it, feeling dirty window well, unnamed uh, feelings unnamed great feeling. yeah those uh, like there's some kind of monsters a fucking like absolute well i think a lot of, of the tune. songs are really good they just go on too long there's not enough yeah. like mix in it. Whereas like I think like a lot of the stuff from load and reload, there's enough variety within like, you know, tempo changes and, and just like you know, the, the the mixes within it that the variation keeps it going. Whereas a lot of Saint Anger is just the same thing going on for six minutes. Well, here's the thing. A lot of the stuff that was on prior Metallica records is masturbatory guitar bullshit. And like <laughs> I like I Orion's great, but Jesus Christ, it's the same fucking arpeggiated stuff for three and a half minutes before you even start the solo. Like, okay, I get it, but so I, it's all really just a matter of taste, right? Oh, no, and that's I'm, the thing that's that great about music too. is, but I mean, obviously, it's arbitrary because yeah. somebody sitting here is going to be like, oh yeah, if it's not on the fucking Black album, it's it's bullshit. And I was like. Yeah, the the Black Album is probably the most radio-friendly unit shifter of all the Metallica material. But, you know, for all the Anjustice fans, I was like, yeah, there's three songs on that record I can listen to. The rest of it, I'm kind of like, eh, it's a really long fucking song, man. Well, it's funny that so, you bring up the Black Album in a conversation about St. Anger because the Black Album is my least favorite Metallica album. And just before that is St. Anger. Okay. Um, so, so what's your favorite Metallica album? Uh, Load. It houses Bleeding okay. Me and the Outlaw Torn, which to me are yeah, two of Outlaw the most Torn's beautiful. Outlaw Torn's amazing. Yeah. yeah, the two songs. Bleeding I love me and that Outlaw you're Torn not are. saying. 
uh, "Ain't My Bitch" is is not like your immediate apex song. I'm I'm really just kind no. of <laughs> well. I'm, two by four is really where it's at. Two by uh, four is actually a fucking great it's, it's, song. Yeah, it's, but, it's such a bluesy uh, riff. I actually really like the it. Cure. Uh, yeah, like oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's there's just Ch- such great stuff. on a bad seed. And stuff. Yeah. Even hero, yeah. even hero of the days actually like as a single was a was a great track. So yeah, no, I, I load is my favorite. I, I also really like you know reload. Honestly, that whole little era there, like when we went from load to reload to the uh, I disappear was just like bang, 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 mm-hmm. and then we had I disappear that, was great. Yeah, yeah, and then you know obviously the S and M with No Leaf Clover and Minus mm-hmm. Human, those two like new tracks, great there, tracks, just like yeah. oh so good, so good, and that's why I think for me. Uh, St. Anger was a bit of like a like a, a screeching halt where the car didn't stop for another 15 feet. And I was wondering if we were going to hit that tw- that intersection yeah, in 20 yeah. feet <laughs> in there. The, like- the fun thing, it's like, uh, you know, rumors was to Fleetwood Mac. It's just that it, it was a bunch of people under duress. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like James was going in and out of rehab at that point. So like that the album even coalesced into something that got released is kind of a wonder in and of itself. So maybe my attachment to it is more the process of that album being made and being able to be a fly on the wall watching right. it than it is me going like, oh, it's really great material. Yeah, do you think you would like, una- or do you think you would like St. Anger less had some kind of monster not been released and you gotten to see all Probably. That, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's it's still like the, the first like three or four tracks on it. I'm like, I'm always going like, this is frenetic. It's angry. Like it's aggressive. It's everything I like. I'm not a fucking drum tech, so I'm not sitting there going like, "Oh, that's snare." Yeah, like that snare. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's really just it's all purely for me. It's like a matter of taste. When anybody starts talking about songwriting and the merits of songwriting versus something else, I'm like, "Fucking Wham!" has outsold probably you know eighty percent right. of the people that you know folks would call classically trained like Ingve Malmsteen's great but I'm not going to fucking listen to him like I don't care technical ecstasy is not what I'm here for like my brother loves dream theater it's one of his absolute favorites I cannot listen to them cuz like they are like the fucking Chuck E Cheese band for me there's just no <laughs> anima they're they're really proficient technically but the songs have no energy there's no actual like it doesn't do anything oh, for me, whereas like yeah. the the anima is not there. But I can fucking watch Tool, and I'm completely engrossed. And Tool is as masturbatory as a band musically as anybody <laughs> on the planet, particularly like the last album. So it's just it's funny the things that speak to you or don't. And again, <laughs> it's all some total of experiences. It's why David Fincher is my favorite director versus you know somebody else is it, it speaks to me in a particular way. But you know where I can read a Chuck Palahniuk novel and go like, oh, I really loved this when I was in my twenties, and I read it now and it's kind of cringy. <laughs> and it's I look at the formulations <laughs> of my personality and some of the things that contributed, and even some of the Stephen King I love. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why but, do oh, I love this? But isn't that so, interesting? That how some stuff life. you look back Ooh. and you're like, oh, and with a shutter, but then some stuff just follows you through. Like, you know, how when did you first get into Metallica? Uh, probably right around the time that reload was released because so like uh i yeah basically 97 98 i was probably uh 
Uh, maybe even 99. I think I was probably like a junior in high school when I okay. first started listening to Metallica. And then I caught up. And even then, like all the stuff prior to those albums, I didn't rush to listen to. Well, but so, but so think about that. Going back to junior high, here we are almost 25 years later. New Metallica song comes out and it's still just like, oh, so good. And that's the same way it is with me. It's like 25 years in and I'm like, this is phenomenal, which is so funny in terms of like some stuff is sticks with you, like Metallica's new album here coming out. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. The song is so good. And then I think back to like 13 year old Mike as well. What was he jamming to outside of Metallica? Oh, he was nodding his head to like, you know, Nookie by uh, Limp Biscuit, right? And he was loving that. Unfortunate soul. Well, exactly. Exactly. And then here we are in 2022. Limp Biscuit also has come out with a new like tune. And like I gave it a listen for nostalgia's sake and was like, never again (laughs) and so it's just funny the way things change whereas like 13 year old mike thought limp biscuit was just as good as metallica and now 36 year old mike is like metallica yes so so excited let's give me more and limp biscuit no thank you (laughs) you know some things are just kind of the detachable rocket of your maturation process and it's how taste develops so it's like the things that help propel you forward into the atmosphere and then you don't need them any longer and a lot of that i love that like Mm. the rage quotient in particular a lot of things that happen when you're a testosterone filled ball of hormones like that stuff you manage to ejaculate it out of your system eventually hopefully some people republicans uh don't always get there but uh no i'm sorry yes uh you know i we do respect all of our friendly conservative uh countrymen here but respect (laughs) yeah Yeah, absolutely we tolerate 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 tolerate, Tolerate, welcome respect uh, hey i respect anybody that owns a firearm i really do because uh the alternative is is death so (laughs) Uh, but no so long story short too fucking late like it's a lot of those things that I look back on I was like okay it was necessary for the formulation of my my reptilian brain and then once I got shuffled loose of that I was like okay I don't need this anymore but uh, nostalgia is also a very heady drug, oh. if we've learned Oof. nothing. So it just kind of depends on your circumstances. No, I, I agree with that. I, I I have to admit the odd time that like Nookie does come on the radio, I'll I'll still kind of nod my yeah, that's right. I did it all for the Nookie. Come on, <laughs> like, <laughs> see and, and like while you were listening to Nookie, I was listening to Cold. So, which I mean, I do owe Fred Durst for because he's the reason they got signed and released. But again, mm-hmm. that is that's very that odd, like introspective, mopey, fucking you know, sad bastard music, which I still love. Anytime a cold song pops on, I'm like, mm, it's still a beautiful drug. It you know, it, oh, it hurts just as good as it did when I was younger. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I was I was very much the angry, angsty guy that sat in the back of the room and Tim Burton esque. Like, <laughs> see, I was angry, but I was more like the like you know break stuff, like you know like Limp Bizkit, yeah, yeah, Metallica, an idiot. Marilyn Manson, you know. <laughs> what did you say? I said, yeah, yeah, an idiot. Uh, no, I kid. <laughs> We are nothing if not ball busters here. But no, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's more of that, the energy outward as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, inward was, energy. You know, Godsmack yeah. and all that stuff. You know. Oh, Godsmack's fucking great, though. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. My brother initially was like a really big goon for Seven Dust. Mm-hmm. 
And I liked Godsmack because, you know, it's like it's named after an Alice in Chains fucking song. So obviously that hits me in the feels. And uh, Alice in Chains is my favorite band for years and years and years. And I've finally kind of come to terms with the fact that I don't love them as much as I used to, but they're still really amazing and impactful for me. So but uh, we did this weird flip where eventually like my brother started being a little bit more into Godsmack and I got a lot more into Seven Dust. And, you know, he's he's since come back around because Seven Dust, I think, is probably my favorite of like the new metal acts still like a band that I love to death because the the harmonies okay. and the riffage is so fantastic. But I also love like Clint Lowry's sort of spacey atmospheric tones that he gets with their stuff, which I love. It's not just this straight ahead mm-hmm. monolithic blistering metal shit, which that's Rage the reason the I love probably my favorite. Exactly. And rage is fantastic for that same reason. Cause Tom Morello gives you a lot of set dressing yeah. before he hits the distortion. And like Opeth is probably my favorite, like black metal or, or death metal band for that same purpose. Cause there's at least contrast, right? So, it's it's really important for me to have that where it's not just okay i get it it's manson we're just gonna hit the more same screaming. fucking okay. thing 87 it's times more screaming which All i right, cool. is a i respect the criticism of metallica specifically for that because uh like the devil put dinosaurs here for alice in chains i feel like was borderline being the same where it's like fuck how many times are they gonna play this riff mm-hmm. Like, they're not changing it at all. It's just the same shit over and over and over. And I stopped being in love with the band because of that. So, yeah, purely a matter of taste, strangely enough. Well, I'm glad to hear that you uh, are a huge fan of it. I'm I'm super excited to see what they bring with 72 seasons. Oh, God, that album's going to be fun. Do you think there's going to be an instrumental on it? (sighs) At this point, like, yeah, I, I... I don't anticipate there is because there just hasn't been one that is like notable to me over the last few albums. And if there is, I probably skip it. Well, I think the only they didn't have one on Hardwire, I don't believe. And I I don't think so. I think on Death Magnetic, they had Suicide and Redemption. And then they hadn't. And I probably skipped it. And they yeah. And before that, I don't think they had one since Injustice because they didn't have one on Load or Reload or St. Anger or The Black. Um, so, So I think Suicide and Redemption was it, which was really good but it's like eight or nine minutes and it to the to our conversation we were just having it is the same like riff like gone on and gone on and gone on so it it didn't have that same like layered depth that their previous instrumentals had so if it had been a you know three or four minute run it would have been good but the uh it just overstayed its welcome yeah you know so that is where i felt with it so i think that's probably why and that was a major criticism i think of it which is why i don't think they brought one out for hardwired but i would love given what the, i'm seeing that they're doing live and the like, kind of the jam sessions and stuff that they're doing when they're just kind of like you know noodling there on the guitar mm-hmm. i would be very interested to see like a instrumental return you know maybe you know hearkening back to the old days since that seems to be what they're doing with a lot of their stuff now see instrumentals like i love playing i hate listening to which even like I and I'm like a jam band like I loved Dave Matthews still love Dave Matthews band to a degree like I, there's a time and a place like 
I'm pretty specific to the albums that I liked, but yeah, a lot of the improvised sort of stage stuff where it was just, let's play 10 minutes in a row of just kind of screwing around with the same stuff. I lose interest in just straight instrumentation very quickly. Oh, interesting. I'm, I'm a vocalist primarily. Like that's what I started doing. So as much as I've learned instruments and love playing instruments, I really think of things more as a vocalist and a lyricist. And so it's, it's really hard for me. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like it when they break it in like little bits, like when they like it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be a huge instrumental you know uh, song, but when there's like I, I do enjoy it, like Halo on Fire from the last mm-hmm. album there, where they've got like a, a, a solid like four minute run where it is just yeah. like an instrumental run before it goes back to the lyrics and it completely changes. That's great. Same thing with like Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. There's like that instrumental you know bit Ew. before he breaks it's down. Not do Guns N' Roses. <laughs> You don't like guns? Oh, GNR. I do not like Guns N' Roses. Oh, I I love GNR. Chinese democracy? It's a true story. Can I can I can I make a guess and say it sometimes can get a little too sappy? Is is that is that your reason? Uh, Or I I do not like Axel as a general rule. Like vocally, uh, which again, it's funny. Like my brother and I have talked about this similarly because he doesn't. It took him a long time to come to terms with liking Coheed and Cambria. He hated Coheed and Cambria for a long time, which that's basically my favorite band at the moment. And he's just like, yeah, don't like his voice. Can't get into it. And okay. like, just sometimes some people just don't resonate with you. And yeah, I, from the first time I heard Axl Rose, I was just like, yeah, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> Particularly like any time. And God, they played welcome to the jungle. The death oh, that's true. 100%, when it first yeah. came out. So yeah, I was more like a deaf leopard kid at that point. And that was where I was going. So yeah, I was not a Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of those. You know, like I like Def Leppard. I like you know Alice Cooper and yeah, Alice Cooper's great. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with GNR, I would say that uh, you know they've well, if you count Chinese Democracy, they've got four albums, right? Uh, but really two good albums. Like if they, it, you'd have to wait, like Appetite for Destruction is is a pretty good, great album, start to finish. They, and yeah, and then, acclaimed. Yeah, and then if you take the other three, <laughs> you could collectively make one really good album. <laughs> if you like, yeah. you know, Frankenstein. Just trim trim some fat, yeah, and just throw things There's together. There's a lot of garbage on <laughs> Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. Just a lot of garbage. There's some like really amazing songs where you're like, oh, this is phenomenal. And then there's just songs where you're like, this is complete trash. Like literally, like I, I'm not a musician, and I could do something better than this. Right. How did they come up with this? Um, so it's 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 humorous. There. So I don't, I never like you know shocked when people say they don't necessarily like Guns N' Roses, with the exception of there are just some phenomenal songs that, uh, or at least I think are phenomenal songs that that I'm mm. surprised that they don't at least warm your way into your heart a little bit yeah like a cold november rain uh i'm afraid that i'm chilled to them oh sweet child of mine Indeed. oh speak, speaking of which uh, just for you guys uh say, oh geez. what are you gonna try to kill axel rose too or <laughs> well i got uh my as a christmas oh gift, look I got, at you yeah i got a little like record there, how delightful and it says sweet child of mine guns and roses there and it's Cat. me and cordelia oh, cute i i i can't poo poo that yeah it was, a, it was a child a it's your progeny yeah i agree uh, you can you can fix your chair if you need to. <laughs> yeah, you saw that. Eh? No, just let him sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I tried to uh, casually just roll with it. Yeah, it as happens. it rolled away. See, <laughs> so we're uh, rolling and tumbling, as the song oh. says. But uh, mm. speaking of being in a tumbler, I think we've probably exhausted because it's what probably like you know 
creeping on one in the morning for somebody over here oh, at, at the yeah. very least. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm Oof. trying to get my times set. It's like, yeah, three people in different time zones. This is, uh, the, the joy of the zoom generation friends. Yeah. I'll just say like, mm-hmm. yeah, never, never feel, uh, no, don't ever worry about me on this in here. Having moved to Virginia, I literally know nobody here. Right. So, uh, I have uh, a couple friends that I hop on um, and play like a tabletop board games there uh, oh, okay. remotely on Saturdays there um, through Steam. <laughs> and then outside of that. Uh, it's like, yeah, the rest of the time you just spend trying to catfish people into your home so that you can <laughs> steal their possessions. And uh... <laughs> oh, you're, you're coming here. I got a great place for you That's to stay. Right. I just bought a six bedroom house. Shane, come on down. Michael, you too. I like how you, isn't this a, we just made you a serial killer. Wasn't this a reference killer. to an episode? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, didn't we talk about this for several episodes? Well, here's the thing. You guys are talking about reformatting the show, and so I thought maybe you want to make it like a true crime show. And then I thought, what Ooh. better way to do a true crime show than to have the murderer the true on crime. the podcast? Okay, so this is making a murderer <laughs> the podcast, yes. That's, I'm just trying to help you guys with your reformatting. So I appreciate uh, you. I do. I, 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 You know, for years, people thought I was the one who was going to be the unhinged killer on this show you guys will get I'm, like to be able to break the story when they start pulling the bodies out of my crawl space mm-hmm. and digging up the backyard you'll be like we had the scoop you know he seemed like such a nice quiet reserved individual i i thought that he you know you just you never it's so unassuming i never would have thought yeah. that he would be the one who was just wrapping people's entrails around his head and just, you know, squeezing them and playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah, when he was talking about that, I thought it was a whole bit. I thought he was just like, this is what I do in a metaphorical yeah, sense, not I, in a literal sense. I never sense. would have assumed he actually killed Steve Perry. I just, you know, it was That's a joke. Right. Well, what better way? I'll get myself my own little Wikipedia entry, right? And whenever... Whenever you they go through the, the 90s, that's right. Whenever they go through the 90s and they're talking about the swing revival of the 90s and they talk about the big hit back then, Zoot Suit Riot, there'll always be a little footnote. Steve Perry, 25 years later, murdered. By- <laughs> and then you got to go on to kill him like, you know, Brian Setzer, any well, number of the stray cats. Well, and the, big, and- the big bad voodoo daddies, they were just in town a couple weeks ago. I missed my uh-huh. opportunity then, but they're apparently coming back next December. So don't worry, okay. gentlemen, they're going to be in the backyard. Perfect. And That's then right. we'll, we'll Hell yeah. we can nail the Reverend Horton Heat whenever I uh, make it back over to to Phoenix, and uh, you know we'll we'll, oh, we'll take I, care of it. That's right. And uh, and we, well, we've already talked about Metallica, so now they yes. have to go killing your heroes. That's right. <laughs> One episode at a time. As you heard, my favorite uh, song is "Bleeding Me," and what I can't wait for is to make them bleed, and then I Indeed. will be the outlaw. Torn. What you're saying? <laughs> what you're saying is you have the struggle within. That, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> they will be all within my hands. <laughs> Indeed. And it will be of wolf and man. <laughs> I'm going to make them ride the lightning. You can just wait. <laughs> and then you'll be trapped under ice. It'll be delightful. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to slash electric, axe. In fact. I'm going to slash axe or Woogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> god yeah you can use your illusions to think that they're a good band but uh all right i think we've exhausted poor michael clark's tolerance here he he was so enthusiastic about doing an episode today and then uh he didn't get a word in edgewise so i i absolutely enjoyed and my voice cracked for emphasis Mm -hmm. i absolutely enjoyed listening to a bunch of stuff that i didn't know about because you guys were interested in it and you were passionate about it which is almost like how we want to 
I don't know, make the show about. Yeah, yeah. So it's this is like a perfect, like, I don't know, I'd say pilot, but we're at episode 177. <laughs> yep. So Well, the lie uh, for the episode was that I actually like Metallica. Um, so. <gasps> I thought he was going to say the lie was that he didn't like Guns N' Roses. And he's like, actually, and then he shows a tattoo and it's just Axl Rose's face. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even a rose or anything. It's literally just yeah, it's, his face. And it's not even like classic Axl Rose from like the early 90s. It's like mm-hmm. mid-2000s when he's got Bloated. the cornrows. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, in point of fact, I'm going to go get my top hat right now, and you will discover that I am, in fact, Slash. I just, you know, the beard <gasps> oh, is a put shit. on. And, uh... <laughs> oh, he ripped his whole so, beard so off. So you mean when I get you to come here to visit the house in Hampton, I can kill two birds with one stone? <laughs> you, you <laughs> one think. chain. Yeah, how about I slash you? Uh... Uh, but no, this is uh, this is what I envisioned the the show would be like. Is just you know having a grand old time, and and I don't give a damn whether or not it's a format that's palatable to anybody. I think uh, 177 episodes of of having a formula has justified whatever else we do going forward. That we can say like, yeah, you know. We lie about things occasionally. Just depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Well, if, exactly. uh, if I continue to stay on with you all, then, uh, you know. I oh, you won't. Have, this is definitely the last time This is time the end? Yeah, okay. Well, then it's yeah, been, yeah. you know. I can't have anybody <laughs> consort with me who likes Guns and Roses. I'm sorry, but I, that, <laughs> oh, that weeds out my friend category really quickly. That's fair. Well, it was good knowing you there, and uh, take yeah. care, guys. I'll just exit but out But you know, if you're, if you're ever up in Portland, I've got another <laughs> bedroom visit. here yeah, that exactly. you can you can come pop in. H.H. Uh, Holmes me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Low gas leak. I got plenty of backyard space. It's it's great. It's well, I was going to say will... that if uh, if if I do return, or if uh-huh. you want the scoop on the breaking, you know, of the uh, murderers once they <laughs> when you the break space. bad, yes, that's uh-huh. right. Um, we will be dusting off the uh, the old format here and there because I've got you know obviously the the cherry pop and daddy scene lined up. Mm-hmm, I've got mm-hmm, a couple ideas for um, fine. Andrew W K there. Speaking of another musician there, you can in fact party. Yeah, that's right. So I've got a, and party hard. I've got ideas for him, and then. Um, I kind of like the shifting of the format because uh, something that would be interest is uh, I have a – and this is a personal history. I've actually met the fellow, known him, shared, broken bread, literally broken bread with him, uh, Canada, one of Canada's worst serial killers – or not serial killers, murderers. Uh, who uh, also thought he was a werewolf, 300-year werewolf. I'm sensing a theme here. But uh, no, I've heard that last pod episode, or the, it, it was a mini. So oh, was it? Talked about uh, that. I, yeah, I don't know it from any podcast. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of them. But, oh uh, yes, but, but I actually know the the guy. So, okay. Uh, so like, uh, well, like knew the guy. Don't Ooh. know the guy. <laughs> We're still uh, best friends. You, I, he, <laughs> they, yeah. like, he go pops over to wherever <laughs> he's like locked up and everything. He does, he's like, hey man, how's no, it going? No, he has a six bedroom house. He just he stays whenever he's well, you he's know out on not parole. Terribly far from y'all because uh you know the the stuff actually happened in Alberta, but he's currently at a mountain facility in uh it, it's it's called Mountain Prison. It's a medium. Oh, he's uh, being mounted. Yes, no it's question. A, it's a medium security f- uh, facility in British Columbia, so he's not terribly far from you there Shane oh I thought mm-hmm. you were talking about myself no, no, and I'm like safe. British Columbia whoa that is nowhere near close to Phoenix I'm very close to Vancouver Washington Ooh. which is actually not <gasps> that far from Vancouver Canada it, it is <gasps> not I'm, I'm within blast Plot radius it is the joys of being like a southwest 
dweller for much of my life to being here is like we talk about traveling just even within Phoenix proper as like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go from this side to this side. And it's like a two hour drive. Whereas here you're like, I'm in another state if I drive for two hours. So like, yeah, it's going to be different to recalibrate my brain, particularly for distances. I love that you might have there. heard of uh, Jeremy there then, because that would make uh, yeah. yeah. It, I I had it was an interesting. It, it was wrapped up in a discussion of a group of other sort of like individuals that all had indicated that they had some form of lycanthropy that was the connective tissue. I believe was what the episode was based on. Yeah, it, so, it was, it's it really it was really a really really shocking time when it all kind of happened. I uh, you know not surprised. <laughs> I guess in retrospect, it shouldn't have been a surprise, but anyways, when I, I had debated uh, dusting that off and then, uh, you know, but then I was like, well, it's not really a true crime, you know, podcast type thing. And I don't know if it's fitting because I know, or I know oh, I've talked about stuff, several killers. So we're, I think yes, we're good. Exactly. Uh, several haunted exactly. areas. So I thought, okay, well, you I'm know. Gonna, I'll, I'll ease in with, you know, the, the nice topic that I know of. And then I'll find the Andrew WK one is just terribly interesting. The stuff that I was reading about him before. And then I yeah. thought, okay, well then I could reach into the grab bag for the, the Jeremy Steinke thing as well. Yeah. Well, so, we have, yeah, we got plenty of opportunity to, to get into nonsense. And there is still a second half to Florida man here that, uh, was never reconciled oh. and the lie was in there. So obviously, oh, yeah, you that's know, right. we do have to finish that up, which what's funny is oh, I just right. started listening to, uh, for my wrestling friends here, I just started listening to the click this, the, the Kevin Nash just podcast. Now? Oh, it's so good. I, I've yeah. been listening to it for quite some time. Did you hear about his son? I did, which yeah. is tragic. Yeah, his uh, son was like you could hear him on old episodes. You'd hear him uh-huh. laughing in the background and stuff like yep. that. It was because he was a producer, yeah, exactly, or yeah. A researcher, yeah. Um, I, well, also, I'm a huge goon for kayfabe commentaries. Like, mm-hmm. I own a bunch of the kayfabe commentary stuff. So the fact that Sean's on there, I'm like, oh, okay, definitely, I'll go in because Nash has always been somebody I'm intrigued by. But you will appreciate because you probably like I. If, irrespective of that show had not heard it so when they started launching into florida man or jersey man uh, i was like you sons of bitches but there's plenty <laughs> of other people that were all you know we came to similar ideas i'm sure but yes they play a game where they do a headline of somebody from florida or new jersey and you have to distinguish which is the two so i was like ah oh, great minds motherfucker yeah okay <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a really interesting podcast i like his and i like flares although flares is a little bit of a you know self masturbatory there he just like yeah i unfortunately like i i used to really enjoy some of the conrad stuff because again like i think there's a similar degree of enthusiasm but fucking hell the ads are just oppressive yeah and he just like sells himself on you know like Uh oh you need help with your debt can you know know, and it's just like oh my god get off of yeah i'm like the uh, i used to listen to um something to wrestle like religiously because i thought one pritchard's entertaining he's a fucking liar but i mean he's he's very entertaining uh enthusiastic has some great impressions and then like the ads are like every two minutes like these days it's so choked with them and i get it like it's it's a racket you want people to go over and pay the money to be on the you know the ad free version so obviously you're just gonna fucking sell as much advertising as possible and i'm sure that's a very lucrative business but like the difference between that and like the cornet shows where they're you know organic they happen in the show and there's maybe four or five sponsors as opposed to like every 2 well, you minutes can actually get there's some something meat of the topic covered before you go to another right. bloody ad 
Yeah. So I just, those things have managed to whittle themselves down. So really it is only the only two I've, I've listened to that have any connective tissues, the, the Nash show and, and the Cornette stuff, of course, because yeah. that's, that's an interesting people. story. I was uh, going up to see somebody who I met through just playing music, somebody who was a fan. This is what disabused me of the notion of doing this ever again. Uh, but I went and, and hung out with this uh, individual up in Tucson and it was a weird night and I just, I left rather than stay. So, uh, I was driving back from Tucson to Phoenix and I was a podcast listener at that point, but just saw that Cornette had a show. And this was, I think he was six episodes in. So this was still like Court Bowers, the co-host and they're still figuring out formatting and things. So like the drive through portion was a part of the show. And I listened to seven episodes like back to back driving back from Tucson to Phoenix and just was immediately enamored. And I was just like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go for this. Cause like having no idea of one, he's a great storyteller, mm -hmm. like really fun as a raconteur, but, uh, perspectives on the business as a historian is really just fascinating. But then like the political stuff as well informs a lot of the shtick I have on this show, I think, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, he I I I love his stuff. He's got such a great mind and his retention of the business is yeah. is phenomenal. Like, you know, he yeah, brings encyclopedic. up encyclopedic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm amazed at the man's ability just to recall things so so readily. Yeah. And like you said, he's just he's really good at like spinning a tale that, you know, is engrossing and captivating. Um Yeah, yeah I I listen to like that and I listen to click this regularly. Um Disco Inferno, he's got a podcast out there. Oh, uh, God, Disco drives me nuts. <laughs> so I like stuff. Conan. I like yeah. Conan, though, because I used to listen to like the OG MLW stuff with Court and uh, Mr. St. Laurent, who's interesting in and of himself as well. But so, yeah, I, I was really dyed in the wool in that for a long time, and I have weaned myself off pretty significantly I, now. I but. still listen to the Disco stuff just a little bit because, you know, when I was a little kid, my grandpa was like big into WCW uh, okay. over WWF. And uh, right around that time was when was Disco Inferno was big. And so, yeah. I, you know, me and my friends, you know, in the schoolyard, we, you know, we would wrestle and stuff, right? Like, you know, during right. recess. And, uh, and we would like choose different characters. And for whatever reason, I was always Disco Inferno. So I would do the little disco dance and disco fever. Disco. And <laughs> so you were tagging with Alex Wright at some That's, point. That, I was literally just about to bring up Alex Wright. I was literally just about to name drop. Of course you, you were. Know, yeah. Yes. Uh, he's lost all his hair, but he's still in phenomenal shape. Well, Nowadays. of course. Yeah. I mean, man was a fucking, you know, silver bullet. Well, I know, but he used to have those, the gorgeous hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, so, yes. Yeah. But uh, but yes, no disco. So I I have a bit of a soft spot in my heart for understandable just because of yeah. that. So like I remember him, and I always thought you know the guy could have been way bigger than he was. He was just like a mid card that always if had he potential. Wasn't he was good on the like mic. an annoying mouth breathing son of a bitch. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I played him, right? I just right oh, yeah, I out. could say yeah. hey, yeah, I just, I'm with you. I, I'm over here with my people, right. yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sporting Nash, the, the acerbic asshole that everybody can't stand. Blowhard jackass. His greatest aspiration was to work in a strip club. So. Yeah, but I, so I listen to, and Disco's there. I listen to Click This. I, you know, touch base with the Flair stuff. And then, um, some, sometimes I'll like check in with like the Eric Bischoff and, um, Jeff Jarrett stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, all Bischoff the old-timers. Is, he's, he's a little entertaining from time to time, but yeah, he's another one of those. Well, he's got a really little... good knowledge on the business and stuff, too. And he, and he just he has does. such a varied experience there with his runs, you know, with all three major ones, right? TNA, yeah. And, you know, I, there's a degree to which the self-aggrandizing becomes tedious, and I think that's where a lot of it kind of beats me out. But yeah, uh, that's also why, like, you know, the 605 is fun because mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it would last at least it feels like a put on but who knows so uh, now that we have completely alienated <laughs> about the the other 80 percent of the listeners that are here other We're than michael in another 40 uh, percent here's hoping uh if we can expand into that wrestling market it's as very lucrative as as evidenced by conrad thompson that's right and the, if you are in debt we can <laughs> fuck off uh no have you heard about the like uh, sorry i thought i was getting out and then it pulled me back in oh no have you heard about like the heat between conrad and uh and brian last have you encountered any of this no i haven't what there's a whole uh there's a whole segment on the 605 where brian last like completely torpedoes conrad and calls him a criminal basically and just says like shut the fuck up stay in your lane and stop trying to get over here into my business it's exquisite he calls him the bulbous and ballless one he's like you don't sound like a nasal castrati by choice ladies and gentlemen like that man Listen, it's like it's oh it's great yeah. you know what i like i'm not at all a fan of conrad's but that guy's got to be doing something right because if you look at him and then you look at his wife you're like uh-huh. how oh he's How? a salesman as yeah. he says well exactly to, yeah like, steal his yeah, phrase yeah you look at like you know flair's daughter there and you know she's gorgeous and you're married to this guy and i mean listen i'm not trying to like shame anybody i'm not the best looking guy in the world either or anything but nevertheless you see the two of them together and you're like and then you hear his voice and you're like she wakes up to that mess and has to listen to that over the dinner yeah. Yeah, table, someone who like, looks like the bastard son of Akeem the African Dream. Yeah, yeah and obviously. I'm like, okay, this guy must be here. doing something right. Like he, you know, he must be making bank off these advertisements or something. So, and you know, she, actually, she can't even be poor. Flair's got to be pretty well off. So oh I, no, can't be he's been poor for quite some time. Well, yeah, that's true. All the divorce and stuff. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> and you know, excessive lifestyle. Well, There's documentaries the about this. Go on. Making, you know. Oh my god. Yeah, the Ric Flair <laughs> drip needs to be cured with penicillin. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think we're back to that whole, like, yeah, Michael gets to cut this into two parts so that you, you don't just kill people. But uh, I've been thinking about that for a the I'm last sure 30 you minutes. <laughs> well, uh, I, will, I will try to give you outros that work for, for either. But uh, in case you are wrestling with your conscience about whether or not we are going to you know strangle the life out of this show before it taps out, uh, we are, we are actually, you know, the hand was raised on the third, but we're, we're hulking our way back up here, ladies and gentlemen. The Disinformed Podcast is not Ooh. dead yet. Depending yes. on how how bad my cholesterol gets over the course of the next few months, we'll see. But oh, the uh, we kid coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only. Uh, consider uh, consider this the uh, Genetti through the you know barbershop window all over again. <laughs> oh, what a rush. So, uh, ladies and germaphobes, we always, always appreciate you being here with us. It is a delight every single installment, uh, regardless of what I may or may not say on the subject. And uh, again, thank you all for being here for nearly 200 episodes, which still just stymies me. That's a significant Ugh. amount of time under the bridge. I don't even want to think about that. Oh, do think uh. about it, though, because that's uh, we've lasted longer than 
80% of the podcasts that get started. So give a little credit True. where it's due. Uh, largely due to your tenacity, my friend. So thank you for I that. I will not die. Yes. <laughs> I refuse. You Hats will. off, sir. Hats off. There's a song title there somewhere, but we're not going to touch that. Uh. So in any event, uh, <laughs> of course, we do have uh, socials that are dying a, a grisly death, unlike the show. I, uh, I'm i not sure the, the Instagram will ever nip up, but on the off chance that it does uh, spring up like Sean and, and have another run at The Undertaker before they get thrown back into the ground, uh, you can check us out. There is a link tree in the show notes below where you can go and, and see all of our exploits, including Michael extensive efforts to keep us uh, live, virile, and uh, important over on the <laughs> Tubes of You with my most recent run of me talking about my uh, thorough knowledge of the Spice Girls and not in the ways you'd expect <laughs> uh, has been really delightful, so thank you for that. But uh, So you can find us anywhere disreputable assholes are sold, I guarantee it. And so uh, find us there, give us a little love, uh, like, subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Michael craves engagement, so give him Please. the sweet sucker that he so craves. I'm so hungry. And thirsty as well, <laughs> guaranteed. I mean, he's out there in the it, desert. He is. And, and uh, almost as thirsty as as the doctor over here trying to, uh, you know, tempt folks into his lovely home. Listen, I'm so, literally falling out my chair trying to get you guys coming in. He is. Uh, <laughs> it is no. We've got honey pots in so many different ways here. Come but, to my uh, backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's the backyard taco all over again. Oh, no. Oh, all no. right. Well. I think that is going to officially wrap this thing up like a corpse being dragged into Michael's backyard. Or so, crawl space. <laughs> or crawl space. We're all inclusive with where he stores his corpses. What are you, Gacy? Fuck. Just, just okay. come visit me oh, in Hampton, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Pennywise, the co-host here. Pennywise, the podcaster. Uh, so, uh, for the disinformed podcast this week, I'm Shane, and I'm Michael. I'm Michael. And zippity zoop, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>